Hello and welcome to Article 23, the podcast all about making work work. I'm Suzanne Gavrilovich and today we've got the trifecta, there's three of us. I'm joined by CEO and founder of MWAF, Rhonda Brighton-Hall. Hello, great to be here. Hi Rhonda. And Jess Pollard, also at MWAF. Hello and also great to be here. Fantastic. Great to be in the trifecta. Yes. No. Some, yeah. It's like a horse race thing, so I don't know what that means, but it's good. I love three. Three is good. So, today the topic on everyone's mind, narcissists. Yes. And Very, what? very topical, isn't it? <laughs> and we, we keep seeing one in the news every day. Every day. So what is narcissistic personality disorder? I'm coming at this from fresh eyes. I think I know a narcissist. I don't know. Is he? So I'm hoping to answer that question by the end of this podcast. <laughs> so someone help me out. And, and Rhonda, we're going to you. I, <laughs> well, the background of this is I found myself working for a narcissist for a couple of years. And like all of us that work with people, I've worked with all sorts of personalities, all sorts of people all over the world. And I usually like all of them. Like I, I have this saying that once you know a person's story, it's hard not to love them. And I think that's really true. Mm. You, once you know a person's background, you're like, oh, this is so cool. I could learn something from them. I could, I could hear their story. Um, but narcissistic personality disorder is the one that really knocked me for six. And it was only when I started to look retrospectively after a couple of years. And a girlfriend of mine who's a clinical psychologist said to me, oh, you're dealing with narcissistic personality disorder. You know that, don't you? And I thought, no, I don't know that. <laughs> and I consider myself fairly astute and well-trained and everything else, but I, I hadn't looked at it like that. And I actually went and then she gave me the um, Psychological Association definition of narcissism, um, the, de the traits they look for, and I could literally, in the relationship that I had with this, this boss of mine, I could tick every single one of them off. So wow. it was like, it was terrifying. And then I suddenly retrospectively understood what I was dealing with and lots of little things that felt like tiny cuts suddenly made perfect sense. So narcissistic personality disorder, or NPD as it's known, is a mental health condition. That's the first thing to know. It's not a nasty person. <laughs> right. Nasty people are, they, they exist. This is quite different. It's a hugely inflated self a sense of self-importance. It's a deep need for excessive attention and affirmation, admiration all the time. Like you have to compliment them to an nth degree. Right. And a total lack of empathy for others. Like everything is played to be for them. And they often have very few, if any, long-term relationships. Most of their relationship is somewhat troubled. So they're the things that you're looking for. And then there's 11 traits, which we can put onto the website. But the most important thing about working with a narcissist and the best way to describe it is if like you're hugging someone and you, with all your soul, you're just hugging and hugging and hugging and you're hugging them for a month and they never, ever, ever hug you back. And just <laughs> oh my gosh. That <laughs> sense of exhaustion, of just depleted of energy because you're giving so much and get nothing back. That's the feeling. And uh, that's what creeps up on you and really makes it impossible. And what does that look like in the workplace? What is, how does that sort of manifest? Um, in the workplace, it, it looks like it's it, usually it has bigger impact when the person is a boss, mm. but it can also happen to a peer, I imagine, as well. But from a, from a boss's position, they can actually 
form up sets of relationships that are super unhealthy. So they're usually pretty unhealthy with all of them. They'll have some sycophantic ones that sort of feed their need for affirmation and admiration all the time. And then for everybody else, they'll treat them like they're not quite good enough. And if you've got a group of people hanging together, working really hard, doing their best, have done really well, and all of a sudden you've got someone who's consistently telling them not quite good enough, you start to feel alone, you start to feel, I am not good enough, confidence starts to take a bit of a knock, energy certainly takes a knock. And the other thing that happens in really hierarchical positions, you start to protect your team. So you think your self-talk becomes okay, this is tricky to work with, it's an unhealthy relationship, but I can look after my own team because mm. I'm good. I can, I can do the right thing. And so your self-talk is almost a protector. So you get all the punches. You get all the punches, yeah. You get all the punches and what you do to your team is you disconnect them from the main thoroughfare of the relationships that make the, the bigger team work. <clears throat> so it's quite a difficult end result as well. It sounds like... And that, that piece, that disconnection piece is, uh, is a really unhealthy outcome. So the team's going to feel like they don't have access to the senior leader and they won't know why and the whole team's going to suffer as a result. Yeah. And, and that confidence, the, the kick to confidence, it just means the whole team's work is going to go downhill. Yeah, yeah. And, and a really healthy leader. A good leader that's creating a really healthy environment, that honeycomb sort of that we talk about, um, they're actually really keen, as we know, to every single person should have a great relationship with every other person. That's right. A narcissist will actually say, all relationships come to me. <laughs> and so even if another relationship's working quite well, they'll intervene. Right. So they'll say, no, you, you are bad for each other and you need to both come back to me. <laughs> so everything is, they're like the, the centre of the, the, all the spokes coming to their help. And I'm hearing lots of micromanaging. Lots and lots and lots of micromanaging. Every, everything must be on their watch. Relationships, tasks. So then, yes, my boss ticks all of these boxes. Obviously not you guys. Um, but, you know, say it does. <laughs> what do you do? What do you do? I've spoken to Rhonda about this a few times. And her advice is you have to run. There is no um, formula for dealing with this personality that is going to um, make things okay. You, you can't fix it, and there's no way of your operating that's going to help. Yeah, and that's still my advice. My advice is run, 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 and run. Like, just don't stop running. It's, it is such a damaging one to work in, and also you can't do great work. Like, even if you could say, okay, I can just deal with a relationship, but I'll still do great work for myself, the team, whatever. Mm-hmm. You actually, you can't in the end because they try and stop everything except for things that they're doing. Well, like, even if you did great work, no one would say it was. No, <laughs> it gets a bit lost. So absolutely run. And, and the other thing is to understand it. So you want to you wanna know what you're looking for mm-hmm. and, and understand how it's playing out as early as you possibly can. So the damage is done when you stay in it for too long. Like any unhealthy relationship, the, the time you stay in it after you know it's unhealthy is longitudinally painful. So it's in part getting clued up yourself about what it is to be able to spot it early. Yeah. And then also having the strength to sort of walk away, create new options early. Yeah. yeah. So if that's the only solution to run, 
then how do you make sure you don't get in that position in the first place? <laughs> so what are some of the questions you've got to ask? <laughs> yeah. I'm going for a job interview now and this is a potential boss. What am I going to hone in on to check about this? The, the really simple one, and it was, you know, advice that I got from my girlfriend, which I still think is excellent, I use it all the time, Right, is ask them about long-term relationships. And so if a person is a boss, you say things to them like, oh, who was the best two people in your last two teams? And then you ask them sort of a throw them off the scent question like, why did you think they were great? And then they, <laughs> I think they're telling you some advice. Yeah. And then the, the and, and do you keep in touch? Like, have you worked with them mm. again? So what you're looking for is a pattern of connected relationships across a lifetime. Right. And most of the time when we find someone who's really great that we work with, we'll connect informally as well. We stay friends. Uh, these people don't stay friends. They, they, have, they might have one person who protects them from everybody else and keeps their need for admiration and affirmation going, but they don't have a connected group of people that they get back in touch with. Right. Or that they work with again, or that they re-recruit in their next job or anything like that. Most people they work with in the last company, last job were rubbish. Long <laughs> before that, they were rubbish as well. And now look rubbish again. Like they that's right. they're constantly <laughs> taking everyone down a notch. Like they will never say, Oh, they're really good, they could they could replace me one day. That would never happen. Right. And you'll find like really senior leaders will have had a series of jobs where they've never left a successor in place. So mm. They have to have long-term friends or run away. <laughs> this also sounds like a good uh, internet dating tip. <laughs> dating tip. Like, uh, I think it really is. You go and, so tell me about your long-term friendships. How are you? Yeah, <laughs> do you, do you still hang out with anyone you went to school with or anyone you went to uni with or, or you know, any anyone like that? Who's your oldest friend? So... <laughs> Well, this is not a dating advice podcast, <laughs> so we will keep on topic, we promise. Um, it's helpful. I wouldn't want to be married to a narcissist. I, might have, I can't on. imagine how painful that would be. Uh, <laughs> so, in the context of 2020, remote work, COVID, does it make it more challenging or easier if you are in a place where you do have to work with narcissists? And we, I, I had that question as well because I'm wondering um, – you know, when you're working remotely, you have a little bit more choice about who you're interacting with. You have to actively choose to have conversations with people because we're doing it online. Um, so you reach out to people and have conversations. Um, maybe that would protect you a little bit. Yeah. There's that element to it. But having said that, um, a narcissist will work with whatever tools you give them. So um, <laughs> remote, remote, you can see how I like them, right? but the, the remote work gives you an opportunity that they can literally go direct to each of the people they need to go direct to, back to that sort of hub and spoke model of life that they live, where everything yeah. centres to them. And they can yeah. literally talk to each person about every other person and just create that lingering doubt, a little bit of trust being mm. undermined, not quite keeping things together. So you never really feel sure that you're all in it together, that you're in the team together, that you're all connected together. There's, they're constantly putting barriers just a little bit between each of you so that you need to come back to them. They're the source of security. They're the source of power. They're the source of standards. They're the source of absolutely everything. Yeah, and just reflecting on your comment that all relationships have to go back to them, I think that it almost supports them in a way. It does, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's been my fear. Mm. Mm. 
On that cheery note. Maybe we should finish with some optimistic final thoughts. What can empower listeners um, in dealing with this? What are the top tips? I think the top tip when we said to run away is actually, that's incredibly empowering. Like life is too short to spend it with someone who's going to underappreciate, undermine you and leave you a little bit less than you were before they started. So that's a general rule for all relationships in life. That is. That they should add something to you, I think. And you should add something back. Like there's generosity in the best relationships. Um, The second one would be... uh, to understand what narcissism looks like. And and now that we're seeing it in such a big world stage, those traits, those nine traits, 11 traits, depending on which psychological association you're looking at. I'm going to look them up in a minute. Thank you. <laughs> American one has nine, Australia has 11. But um, they're pretty straightforward and you can actually see those behaviours. You can see them moving through. So once you spot it, say, okay, now I know what I'm dealing with. Don't overexert yourself to try and win them over, change them, move them. This is how they are. Oh, because you just exhaust yourself. You exhaust yeah. yourself. You exhaust everybody around you. Right. And and at the end of the day, you won't have changed anything. Most of the time, when you meet a senior person, they've already been doing this for twenty years. It's a bit like the bullying practice. Yeah. If you've been doing something for twenty years, you get real good at it. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So once again, on that cheery note, um, <laughs> it is a good time to end our conversation. Uh, it, it, it isn't. We're not. We don't usually end on uh, such an unoptimistic, if that's a word, note. But it's um, it's a really good warning. So um, yeah, maybe maybe we could add in a little point of optimism. Yes, is that. Um, the estimate of how many people are actually narcissistic yes. <laughs> as a personality disorder is very low. So you're not likely to get more than one or two in your entire working life. This is a good thing. So yeah. if I've deduced that he is in fact a narcissist, you probably I've met my percentage. <laughs> yes, that's an optimistic note. I'm done. I'm done, everyone. So it is a very small group and just keep to those traits. So it's not just a person who's a bit mean or anything else. It's a person who literally is making the world work for them and for no one else. Right. So you will see strewn bodies around them too. <laughs> people who, who, who have been slaughtered by their way of being in the world with personal relationships and work. So, yeah, look for the bodies. They're always there. <laughs> Okay. Now we're back on the Saturday. We're back on the Saturday. <laughs> but I've done my percentage, so yes, that's an optimistic. But we're moving on. We're moving on. Yeah. And the next person is going to be better. So if you'd like to chat, chat, chat to us about this topic, we'd love mm. to hear from you. You can get in touch with us at team at mm. um, or uh, sign up to become a member at our on our website um, at uh, mike.live. Uh, so it's bye from us. It's a big mark from us. Big mark from me too. Bye.